welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Mali Ponpadith, and today we have Crystal Oliveria. Crystal raised over $70,000 from grants and scholarships to help pay for her own college education at two private colleges, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in San Francisco and Holy Names University in Oakland, California. Crystal has helped others get into their top chosen college, generate money via grants and scholarships, and get hands-on experience in their related career field. Crystal provides a safe space to explore options in depth while providing guidance that result in children being able to reach their full potential more easily. Thank you so much, Crystal, for being with us today. Thank you for having me as a guest. Absolutely. Well, we mentioned this prior to this interview that I'm excited to have you on because I really want to also share insights for our younger leaders, you know, our younger um, listeners or their parents who are really at that phase with their children, right, um, with these young adults. So um, I would like to first ask you, you know, this experience you went through, you found a way to come up with grants and money and scholarships to get through college. Let's have a little background story about your uh, personal journey and um, really how you were able to make it happen and attend college, two universities at that. Okay. Well, I was born and raised. My family was farm laborers, and I knew that's something that I didn't want to do. So I really tried to focus on school, even though I had struggled with it, and I had been held back because I wasn't able to read. And when I was in high school, we had someone who was really focused on helping kids with their careers. And she just kept telling me every time I saw her, Crystal, just apply for scholarships. There's so many out there. Just go after them. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that someone believed it was possible. And she held that vision for me that it was possible that I could do it. And so I just went out there. I did it. I made some mistakes. I learned along the way. So can you share with us a little bit about um, the mistakes? Like what, what were some of the lessons learned when you first went out there, tried looking for this opportunity and you went to go to college and to make this happen for yourself? Yeah, so in the beginning, I didn't have any kind of structure or organizational system. So I had papers everywhere in every folder with highlights and notes and it was just one of those things where sometimes they say the creative process is messy uh-huh. and you're not sure what you're doing. You just keep going. And eventually I learned what was a good system in terms of I'm not going to qualify for every scholarship. So let me just take a few minutes and read over the first few sentences. And if it looks like a good fit, I'll circle it. If not, put an X through it. And just as something as simple like that, can really make a huge difference. 
So then what made you decide that you were going to do this as a career, that you were going to help others, um, especially, again, parents and, and young adults figure out how to do this for themselves? Like, was there a request from somebody to share your knowledge? Or was it something that came up within you, you know, an idea that just said, wow, this this was possible for me. Someone helped me along the way. Like, how did how did it manifest into a business? It was just something that kind of started on the side as a side business. I originally went to school for fashion design and I had graduated and I, my first job was at a corporate buying office and I was working my way up, getting ready to go on my first buying trip as an assistant buyer. And I was really excited. And because of the economy, I had gotten laid off and it was during the 2008, 2009 financial housing bubble mess. And I was really hurt. And it was just this a lot of anger about I did everything right. I went to good schools. I got a good education. I went after the scholarships and just really being disappointed and not knowing what to do next. A lot of the fashion companies were laying people off or they were closing up shop and I needed to go look for another job in another industry. And it was just really the lack of conversation about how do you select a career versus going to get a job. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had a college professor who was really encouraging me to help other students get scholarships the way I had. And so I had started it as a part-time blog, just blogging about my experiences, what I did. And then over time, parents just gave me feedback about you know, college is important. I understand how to pay for it. I've been saving money for it. But how do I make sure that the money I've been saving for my kid is going to be well spent on his talents and abilities and a career that's going to be a good fit for him? And I really took what this one mother said to me particularly to heart because I was experiencing that same thing. And so this thing has kind of evolved along the way as I've helped more people. So what is a good idea for parents to encourage in their child when they're going through this process? Just to have an open conversation and just ask up regularly, how are things going? What have you thought about? And don't make it a right or wrong answer. Like you have to know what you're going to do with the next 40 years of your life while you're a junior (laughs) or senior in high school. Like that just adds too much pressure. So just make it an open conversation where you just check in with your kid. And then how do you explore your career opportunities? I mean, things are so, I remember when I was in high school and even entering college, like there were so many options out there. And I know, Crystal, you can relate to this, right? Because we've all been there. Like, what do I choose? And, and how do I figure out what is, what is really within me like that I'm happy or passionate about? I mean, when you're young, you try a lot of different things. How can a young adult um, really tap into like the right decision. And again, we're not, it's not about right or wrong, right? You don't know fully until you do it, but how do we get them on track in moving in the right direction? That's a great question. And I would say just help them get involved with other kids or within a community of like-minded kids who are also exploring careers. Because what happens is a lot of times they kids hang out and they don't really talk about their future or what they're doing. And so exploring that can feel scary or they can feel like it's wrong. But when they're hanging out with kids that are ambitious, who are exploring, those kids will be the first to tell you like, oh, I tried this and it didn't work out. Or this is what I tried and this is what I liked. Or this is how I figured out my career. 
And anything another kid says is going to be 10 times more powerful than anything you or I say as an adult. So it really goes back to how do you help your child make friends with people who are go-getters, who are willing to talk about what they're trying and give your kids some ideas, inspiration, and keep them motivated. Now, how, how do school officials play a role? How can they play a role? Especially in high school, you know, you're approaching sophomore, junior, senior year. How can school officials, counselors, teachers uh, support with this process? I mean, I know you probably work with parents, children, and you've actually had someone who helped you and, and guided you and said, you know what, there are options out there. So what would you suggest? Anytime that a school offers any sort of parent night, college fair, or any type of scholarship workshop, I would certainly attend and don't wait till your child's you know, junior or senior year, because when you start getting involved early on, that sets up a tone later on in life that your kid's like, oh, okay, this is something we do every year. You know, we have parent night every year. We have college fair every year. We have career fair. It gets them into that mode. But I also want to say that I really strongly urge parents to take a more active role because I've been talking to high school guidance counselors and things have changed. Since parents were in school, they think they had a lot more one-on-one attention with their high school guidance counselor. And lately, just because of the economy and the way things have changed, a lot of the high school guidance counselors have such a huge workload, they don't have the time to spend time with your kid as you would have hoped or give you the same your child the same kind of attention that you had when you were going through high school. And I think sometimes parents think that, oh, my kid's having a similar experience to me as they did in high school, when the reality is these college counselors, they might have 300 students per counselor, and they just don't have the time to guide your child. So you really need to be aware of that and provide some other resources. That is such a great point, Crystal. That's such a great point because, again, the default is we assume that it's similar to our experience, but so much has changed with technology, with the way people are learning or the way programs are set up. I really appreciate that you you actually um, shared that. So we're talking about researching and applying for good schools and good programs. Like, what should we be looking for for our children? You know, what is labeled a good school and good programs? How does the how does one start researching that? Again, there's so many options, <laughs> you know. So from your experience, from the, the coaching and the guidance that you offer to your clients and, and you know, helping them with this, um, how do you go about researching and qualifying these universities and colleges? All right. That's a great question. I don't want to get too technical on this, but I'd rather explain why it's so important because I'm not sure that a lot of people really understand it. Mm -hmm. And I say this because I have a personal friend who he wasn't a go-getter. Like he struggled in school with academics and he decided he wanted to go to college because he liked electronics. And, you know, he worked really hard to go through college and he was again, um, immigrant background, and he was the first in his family to go to college. He was the oldest of all the kids, so he was trying to set an example. And he didn't know that colleges, he thought that all colleges were the same because kids oftentimes get the encouragement to go to college, go to college. 
And there wasn't that distinction of, oh, well, not all colleges are created equal or not all colleges, you know, service their students to a high level. And so he ended up going to a college and getting into $50,000 of debt. And the school ended up being under investigation soon after he graduated and was shut down and went out of business. And now he spent and he's in debt for a college degree that cost him $50,000. That doesn't mean anything because when employers look at it, they don't see that degree as being credible because the institution closed down. Got it. Yeah. So when I talked about, you know, colleges and the importance of reputations, again, that's the importance of going back to a community to be able to answer these questions because the more colleges you look at, the more you'll see things that you may have not seen when we first started the conversation versus if you're a part of a community and it's an ongoing conversation, you don't worry or freak out when you start having questions three months six months, nine months down the road, you feel comfortable that you have a community where you can continue the conversation. Gotcha. Okay, so let's um, let's move into applying for opportunities where you're using, <laughs> I like how you phrase this, other people's money to pay for college. How, you know, where, what, what's, what's, where do we start? Where do we begin? So I just, for high schoolers, you always want to begin at your local high school. Usually, because so many people are excited about graduation, you get a lot of support. They usually have a lot of lists about local scholarships, and that's the easiest place to start because there's you've got a lot of people with the school spirit who want to give back, and the senior, you certainly don't have to wait till your senior year in high school to start getting scholarships, but that's a great launching pad for most people because they're getting ready to pull everything together in terms of their letters of recommendation, they're understanding, you know, what is a transcript, what colleges do I want to go to, and you have a lot of teachers and people on hand who are excited about helping, who want to help you move forward, so that's a great place to get started. And how important is uh, gaining hands-on experience in the related career field that field that you want to choose when you're going into your studies? Oh, it's an absolutely important. It's a, one of the things that makes students stand out, especially if they want to apply for scholarships. But even more than that, it really helps students start asking questions on a different level that they may have never thought about. And I see this with so many kids that go to college and then they pay $10,000 and they're like, oh, this isn't the career major for me. I'm going to change. And it's like, okay, a parent could have saved several thousand dollars if their kid may have spent three months, you know, doing an internship or volunteering or doing something, you you think about it from a financial perspective, it makes a lot of sense for kids to get that hands-on experience sooner because then it really helps them think, is this an environment where I can see myself working? Do I enjoy being outdoors or do I prefer being indoors or working with a group of people or by myself? It just gets them thinking differently and asking questions that they may not otherwise have asked. Right. That's such a great point. Um, and I, I see that happen a lot, too, when, you know, you you think or you hear or you read somewhere, oh, that's a great field to be into, or I, I like doing that. That's, you know, that's a hobby of mine. Why don't I pursue that as a career? 
Um, but the difference between being an outside force looking into an industry and actually being in the industry is sometimes day and night, right? What are the routines? What's involved? Yeah. So I think that's such a critical um, point to really helping our young adults explore all of this before they make that decision. I mean, I actually went to school and college thinking I was, I entered in as pre-med and I realized after some of the classes and the programs and speaking to other surgeons and physicians, I'm like, wow, this is definitely not in my heart. Like there's, the passion isn't there now that I fully understand what's required of me. And that really helped me, you know, early on to make that transition, make that switch. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about this. I know that you had some great key points, and I really want to cover this. Okay, so they've applied. They have scholarships. They were able to get some grants. They're going to school now. They're doing great. They uh, feel good about the, the field that they've chosen. Um, but now they're thinking about graduating from college, right? So how does one attract um, the right recruiters, talent recruiters, or how does one position themselves for the ideal opportunity for work after college? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I think that in some ways it's a lot easier now today because of the internet, because people have the ability, I mean, a child can post what they want online to represent themselves, whether it's volunteer work, whether it's their awards, whether it's different groups that they're a part of. And we're at a point where employers want to know who they're hiring. It's no longer, can you just do the work? It's, do you fit into our company culture? And in a lot of ways, I think that's really good because it helps people when they do get a job. It's not just I'm showing up for a paycheck. It's do I connect to the company's mission? Is this someplace I want to be? Is this some uh, company that I feel will value me? So in a lot of ways, it puts the responsibility on the kids to be able to represent themselves really well. And I think the challenge is people associate kids with, oh, you grew up with the Internet and social media, so you know what to do. And yes, they know how to push buttons and share funny videos, but when it comes to how do they represent themselves and explaining the value that they have to offer, a lot of times it's challenging for kids because they're not used to that in school. In school, they're used to being told what to do and to do it. And a lot of kids I find really struggle, especially with the interviews for an internship or a job is what value do you have to offer? And when a child can understand that, then they can display it publicly on their profile and start attracting talent recruiters who are looking for kids who are going to be graduating within the next six months. But again, it goes back to does that child know how to represent themselves well on and offline? That's great. Well, can you share with our listeners a little bit more about how you work, like your programs? What do you offer? Are you primarily working with the parents directly? Are you having career conversations with the, the child? So how, do, how does this all work? What's your model? Um, excellent question. I'm really excited because the model has evolved as I've talked and helped with more and more families. And what I've discovered is that I'm moving to a monthly membership type program because parents are great. I want to get my kids involved as early as junior high and high school. But how do I, one, help my friend make my child make new ambitious friends? But how do I keep that relationship going and see 
other kids who are a step or two ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why with the membership, it's a bi-weekly group calls where it's video conferencing. The kids get to develop the relationships. It's social. We play fun games so they get comfortable speaking about themselves. But at the same time, the kids have told me that they like the accountability. They like being able to have two minutes to talk about what have you done since the last time we were on a video call and just really having that opportunity to connect with other students and ask them for their advice and be able to have these great virtual breakout rooms where then the kids can have a small intimate conversation one-on-one with a group, but then we can also have a large overview um, call and then they can hear like other students who are representatives from their smaller groups talk about what they've learned, what worked for them, what doesn't, and really hearing it from their peers. That's great. Well, what about the parents? What type of support uh, can you offer the parents? Do you have like one-on-one coaching? Do you have um, weekly, monthly programs for them as they're going through this process alongside their child? Yes. So for the parents, I do have one-on-one coaching. And what happens is children get involved. A lot of times they go through different stages. And then that's really where the one-on-one coaching comes in hand. So, for example, I had a parent who was like, okay, I know I'm financially responsible. And she was considered really kind of freaked out about having to look at the numbers. Like, how much am I going to have to pay? I know, you know, there's money available for my kid. And she happens to be retired military. So she's like, I know he's going to get the GI Bill. I know it's not going to cover everything. So how do I close that gap? Mm -hmm. And that's a good opportunity where it's like, okay, you don't want group coaching when someone's talking about their personal finances of how am I going to pay for this? Right. And for her, it turned out to be an excellent opportunity for her to really discuss some of her fears. And we ended up figuring out a way of how she could end up getting the full tuition of her son's college paid for, which she wasn't expecting. So it was me being able to hold that container and that space for her to talk about her fears, her concerns, her financial situation, what she wanted for her son. And she intellectually knew what she needed to do because she's a very smart woman. But emotionally, it was that roller coaster ride and just needing someone to be there with her to help her to listen to her and help her take baby steps to figure out what is the next thing she needs to do. And then more importantly, she had someone there to celebrate with her. That's great. Well, what an excellent point because, you know, when they're working with you, you also are the advocate for them. Uh, They're overwhelmed. There's so much going on in their personal lives, and they want the best for their child, of course. On top of that, how do you find time to do all of this research, have conversations with your child that really focus on career? So having that... um, that expert that's been doing this so so well for so many years and also has the proof of being able to find grants and scholarships you know it's really it's really empowering for the parents i would imagine so kudos mm-hmm. to you for what you're doing so crystal can you talk a little bit about uh, you mentioned a blog but what other information where can parents start to learn more about um your insights and your lessons that they can really tap into before deciding to work with you how can they learn more and find out more information 
I'm on social media and I regularly put out interesting articles or video clips, like two minute video clips about the students I'm working with. So I'd encourage them to connect with me on social media by either looking me up by my name, Crystal Oliveria, O-L-I-V-A-R-R-I-A, or also looking for career conversationalists on social media for Google, Facebook. Uh, I'm really big on LinkedIn right now. That's and I am on Twitter. Perfect. Careerconversationalist.com, correct, is the website. Yes. Okay, great. Well, any final thoughts, suggestions, advice for parents and children so that they can really um, focus and pay attention to your words? Um, any words of encouragement? You know, just final thoughts. Yes, I'd really encourage the parents to reach out if you have a concern. I know every family is different. Some parents are more concerned maybe their child has attention deficit disorder or maybe their kid's a high achiever, but they're afraid about them being burned out. Every family is different. And if you're going through a challenge, I'd really encourage you to connect with me just because it helps me improve my programs. And I'd love to offer some valuable feedback and coaching in exchange because that's how I've been able to build a successful business is from all the feedback and creating additional programs when there's a demand for it. So I would love to gift your audience, viewers who are interested, a one-hour complimentary session to discuss what are their greatest challenges and how to overcome some of those roadblocks. That's and normally I charge $500 per hour but for your listeners, because I strongly support your community, I strongly support what you do. I was looking at your summit that's coming up, which yes. I think is really awesome. You have Thank some great you. topics. Um, I think that your audience would really benefit from this. And if they're interested, I would encourage them to go to career conversationalist forward slash schedule. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. And yes, we have a wonderful leadership summit coming up. Um, and it is uh, really tapping into uh, the holistic point of view of a, a great leader, right? You've got the soft skills, you've got the very uh, pragmatic, analytical side of your brain working. And I just love what you're doing because you're shaping the future of our, of our leaders. So thank you for that and <laughs> getting them yeah. positioned. I really appreciate your work. Yeah. Thank you for having me as a guest. I really enjoy what you're doing. And I mean, it's incredible. So I just say keep doing what you're doing and uh, hopefully our paths will cross really, again really soon. Well, thank you so much again. And, and you keep doing what you're doing. The world needs it. Our, our youth need it. And uh, having that advocate for them, having someone who's been through it, lived it, gives them a little bit of hope too. Like not a little bit, a lot of hope that they can <laughs> uh, live out their dreams, you know, just like you're doing and then being able to pay it forward. So continue to pay it forward. And uh, to our audience, you know how much we value and appreciate you so much for listening, tuning in. Please learn more about uh, the SOAR Community Network and our summit by visiting our website at soarcommunitynetwork.com. And if you have any questions, would like to refer a guest or would like to be a guest, please contact us at info at soarcommunitynetwork.com. Thank you again. And until next time, take good care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. 
Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.